Good afternoon. You are listening to The Big Tent on Radio Boise. Uh, I am Justin Vaughn. I'm here with my co-hosts Jen Schneider and Corey Cook. We're all professors at the, in the School of Public Service at Boise State University. Today we are joined by David Pettyjohn, who is the new, uh, new director of the New executive director of the Idaho Humanities Council. J- David came to the Humanities Council, came to Idaho uh, last fall, and so we'll talk a little bit with him today about coming to Boise and, and starting life here, but also what the Humanities Council does, why it's important, what's in store. and So welcome, David, not only to the Big Tent, but to Boise, Idaho. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Uh Let's start off with the kind of the big question. Yeah. What, what does it mean when we say the humanities and oh, yes. uh, why does it matter? Well, the humanities are the disciplines, very simply, that help us understand the human experience. Uh, so history, literature, art history, ethics, all of those um, disciplines. And one of the questions that uh, we receive is, so, so what's the difference between the arts and the humanities? And one of the definitions I always like to think about is, The arts are kind of an expression of the human experience through poetry, through dance, and the humanities are kind of an exploration of the human experience through the fields, like I just mentioned, you know, history, literature. My degrees are in history, so I always tend to kind of go to that that one. one. (laughs) But, uh, But overall, they encompass quite a bit. But Really, it's just focusing on the human experience, and that's why it's important. It, it opens our ideas, opens our eyes to new ideas. And I always like to say that um, it helps us see the world through another person's eyes uh, by, you know, learning about their experiences and their backgrounds. And the humanities are kind of like this vast reservoir of knowledge that goes all the way back to the beginning of time. And the greatest thing about it is it's free. I mean, you have the access to this knowledge and it it helps you understand your place in the world. And it also helps answer one of the most difficult yet simple questions. And that is why? Why? So that's why they're important. So what's the answer? to that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are many, many different answers to that question. Depends on the question. And, and I do think, you know, like you said, why are they important? Well, I think, you know, more than ever, it's important today. I mean, just having this, I mean, knowledge is important. You know, the NEH was actually founded in 1965. And it says in the founding legislation that democracy demands wisdom. You know, we have to be an informed citizenry in order to uh, help us make better decisions and and things. So, and so uh, now that we know a yeah. bit better what the humanities are, what yeah. does the Idaho Humanities uh, Council do? We are the state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Uh, there are fifty five others, uh, so between the states and the territories. And we are a nonprofit. We are not a state agency, nor are we a federal agency, although most of our funding does come through the National Endowment uh, for the Humanities. And uh, we support humanities programming across the state. And really, our mission is pretty simple, and that's to deepen, deepen public understanding of the human experience by connecting people with ideas. And we do that through programs such as reading and discussion groups. Uh, We have a program called Moms Museum on Main Street where we bring in a Smithsonian traveling exhibit Hmm. to a rural community. And it's more than just the exhibit. It's actually a capacity building program. So we help uh, these small museums or libraries or historical societies learn how to do programming in some way. So once the Smithsonian leaves, they can continue to do this caliber of 
uh, strong cultural programming in their community. We also have a teacher institute that we do each year, uh, bring in about 40 Idaho teachers. It's really intense. It's week long, all paid for. And this year's theme is called, um, and well, the name is, and here we have Idaho curating the gem state, uh, really kind of working with the state historical society with the new museum of Idaho. Uh, so that's kind of a, an exciting thing. We also have grants. Uh, we are one of the probably one of the only organizations in the state that provides funding for humanities programming to some of the to communities across the state. And that's just a few of the programs that we do. What, what are so uh, the, I didn't know about the moms program. That's yeah, very, very interesting. What are some examples of things you're doing around the state or have done? Oh, well, another thing we have is the Speakers Bureau, mm -hmm. you know, so that's really kind of a, a great way for people who kind of want to have a packaged humanities program. So we have a wonderful group of speakers. Uh, we also bring in distinguished speakers. So we were in uh, Idaho Falls a few weeks ago, brought in James B. Stewart last a couple weeks ago at Twin Falls. We brought in um, the editorial cartoonist, Pulitzer Prize winner, uh, Jack Oman, who was a hoot, by the way. And then um, in Boise, actually, we're doing something special. Right now, we're bringing in best-selling author Jamie Ford. Um, he uh, is a New York Times winning author. Uh, New York Times bestselling author, and it's going to be May the 18th. Uh, it's going to be in the Pioneer Room at Jump. Uh, so you can go to IdahoHumanities.org to, to purchase tickets. And in the fall, we are also bringing back to, uh, bringing to Boise the Pulitzer Prize winner Anna Quinland. And then in Coeur d'Alene, uh, we're bringing Martha Raddatz. So those are some of the other programs that we do across the state. I mean, that sounds pretty fantastic. It's hard to imagine anybody... Uh, not finding that really exciting. Well, thank you. I agree with Jen. Uh, we're going to, now that we've got you excited, we're going to take a quick break. We'll play some uh, cold messages from our, our uh, supporters, and we'll be back to talk more about what the Humanities Council is up to and, and humanities issues in, in the United States today. Your home for independent, people-powered radio. This is Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell. Your favorite radio station on secret ballots everywhere. Radio Boise. Hey there, you're listening to The Big Tent. This is Jen Schneider, and I'm here with my co-hosts Justin Vaughn and Corey Cook. And we have a guest today, David Pettyjohn from the Idaho Humanities Council. And I'm so glad we're back from break because these guys were starting to talk about college football. <laughs> Which is a big part of the humanities. Oh, That's right. It's there's sort actually of a mom's, There's actually a mom's <laughs> exhibit called hometown teams oh we would like to have that as a yeah it's already been here it's already been wow. in idaho yeah and i know we're going to talk about tv later and i love yes, friday are. night lights which oh, so i don't love seen football that but, one, I love but that connie show. britain's amazing I mean, in any series she's in oh my gosh yes okay so anyway first we have to be, like, first we have to talk about some serious politics yeah, there we go um so in the first segment you were talking to us a little bit about what the humanities are the value of humanities what they bring to our communities and you know i sort of said this sounds amazing how could you uh find any problem with thinking about the humanities and supporting the humanities but of course we know that nationally um there is actually some debate right. about the value of the humanities and right. certainly in our milieu when we think about higher education mm -hmm. there's a debate about whether or not uh, students who enroll in the humanities can get jobs right. and whether or not there's a return on investment um and Probably the humanities are also known for 
critique, cultural and political critique, right. and that's not always <laughs> welcome. So I wondered if you had um, yeah. thoughts. What do you think about those debates? Well, I, th- I mean, those debates have been happening, I think, since the the National Endowment for the Humanities was founded back in the in the 60s. But you bring up a very good point, particularly when it comes to employers. And also, is a humanities degree worth it? Well, I sit here and it's living proof that, yes, the humanities, my degrees are in history, like I said. And, and I realize that I'm kind of unique in the fact that I, you know, was fortunate enough to, to get a job that I get to head up a state humanities council. There's not very many of them. <laughs> However, um, one of the things that I tell students um, when I go and if I've had the opportunity to visit with them is that the humanities teach you critical thinking, which is essential in any job that you have. It also teaches you how to learn, how to research. So those are incredibly important skills for any field that you are in. The big debate when it comes to the humanities and also the arts is should it be publicly funded? Is that something that should be publicly funded? And uh, there is always that side. Uh, There are certain senators, you know, um, we would, when I worked for the Oklahoma Humanities Council, uh, one of the things we always do is encourage grantees, we do this here in Idaho as well, is, hey, write your senators and representatives to let them know that this was funded from a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Well, we had a senator that wrote back and said, well, that's great, I'm all for it, but I don't think public funding should be used for that. We have been really fortunate um, in the fact that um, it's been funded, you know, every year. The NEH has not been disbanded, even though there were some threats really in the 90s. There was a lot of controversy that took place, and uh, but funding was slashed almost in half for a lot of the state councils. And we have not gotten back to that level, you know, pre, I think, 94 or 95 since that time. I will say that this administration is the first one to ever call for its elimination in their executive budget. Uh, that had, had never happened before. So that that was a first. Uh, fortunately, um, the legislature, you know, funded it again this year. And we're really fortunate here in Idaho because Mike Simpson um, is one of our biggest champions, particularly for state councils. And uh, he actually was instrumental uh, this year. We got a little bit of an increase. We're still kind of waiting on the final numbers. Uh, so I think Anytime you talk about ideas, anytime you talk about the past or interpretations of the past, there's always going to be some sort of controversy. But what the humanities councils do in our programming is to try to find that common ground and realize that all all viewpoints are welcome, but you have to have that focus. So when you have these conversations or when you have a program, you have that focal point, whether it's a book that you've all read and you have that scholar that provides that background and provides that history and can kind of serve as a way of saying, let's all go back to, you know, this passage. What did you think? What did what did that think? But one of the great things about the humanities is, you know, they're always there and, and you know, everybody contributes to it. I mean, we're all human beings and we all contribute to this amazing story. And I think the role of the council, I know here in Idaho, is providing opportunities for people to be a part of that. You know, it's funny, I, I was listening to you, and I uh, you know, I agree with everything you said. I also have degrees in the humanities. Um, 
It seems to me that even arguments for critical thinking are sort of up for debate yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, there is uh, might be a tendency among some critics to associate humanities ideas with the left. Right. And so I, I wonder what you think about that and about what that means for the humanities in Idaho, which is a state right. that tends to lean right. to the right. Well, I think that, uh, and also Oklahoma, you know, and, and other states as well. Knowledge is not left. Knowledge is not right. It's knowledge. It belongs to everybody. And we get complaints. Of course we do. You know, we received some recently that, well, it is a left-leaning organization. And, you know, our argument is knowledge is knowledge. You know, we present opportunities for all viewpoints to be shared. Now, obviously, you know, we provide a public forum for people to hear different viewpoints. That doesn't mean we endorse it. Doesn't mean that we are uh, up there saying you have to believe this viewpoint. We're just providing opportunities for people to hear different thoughts and for people to hear different ideas and different perspectives. And uh, I think it's always going to be a challenge. I do. I do. And I think that you're not going to please everybody. And there are always going to be people who uh, don't agree, you know, with what you do. And we welcome those thoughts. We want we want to hear back from our customers because that's really what Idahoans are. I mean, it's their tax money that we are fortunate enough to be entrusted with. So we work really hard at making sure that every perspective is available. Corey, you're somebody who thinks about this in the context of higher ed. A lot, I think. Do you have thoughts about the humanities and the sort of current political climate? Well, I think the, the lead-in is exactly right, which is you see certainly at public universities across the country these, this pulling back on the humanities and, and uh, declining state investment, <laughs> and, and particularly citing the humanities as the reason for declining state investments. At the same time, if you look at, I think, exactly as you said, if you look at you know, what employers are looking for from our, from our students when they graduate, mm -hmm. uh, the type of skills, the type of uh, ways of viewing the world can be deeply informed by the humanities. And so on the one hand, there's this, I think, national conversation about the utility of the humanities in terms of preparing students for careers that is not supported by the data, which shows that the firms in Silicon Valley are not hiring coders, they're hiring people with humanities backgrounds. Right, right. Uh, because frankly, they can they can teach the coding skills, mm -hmm. but they need people who are creative problem solvers and, and have this sort of broader broader perspective. And so, you know, it's funny, we, you go back maybe five or six years ago, maybe maybe a little bit more than that, and all the headlines were about, you can't get jobs in the humanities. And then you go back two <laughs> years, and all the headlines are, actually, if you look at tech companies, they're hiring humanities majors. Right. That's actually who they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it just is misleading because you don't always get the job that's uh, connected to your degree. So right. you're a historian working at the Idaho Humanities right. Council. Um, I'm cultural studies working in social sciences. And Google's right? got a chief ethicist. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And and folks can go work in banks. They can go mm -hmm. work in um, finance companies. So mm -hmm. do, you, do you find it um, more or less receptive when you work with schools in terms of the sort of K through 12? Is there... A sense that that's harder now than it may have been in previous years? Working with them? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I would say, I mean, we always get tons of teachers applying for our teacher institute. They they um, really look forward to it because the opportunities aren't there. Yeah. And so I think uh, it's one of the things that we are really proud of that we provide that service to teachers. 
So can you give us an example of yeah. what you do with teachers, like an, um, what kinds of exercises yeah. and programming? Well, one of the, well, besides the Teachers Institute, mm-hmm. we have teacher incentive grants that really help. Them. I mean, $1,000 can go a long way for some teachers. So we've used it to help them buy books for field trips. Uh, and it's all a lot of these kind of rural you know, communities where funding is, is really limited. And uh, they use it in a way that helps them teach. It helps them assist their students in a way that they can't get that assistance other, you know, otherwise. And um, but I really think, like I said, the highlight is is kind of the teacher institute as well. Fantastic. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, you're listening to Radio Boise ninety three point five FM. When we come back, we're going to talk television. Yes, you're listening to Radio Boise KRBX eighty nine point nine FM Caldwell Boise. Listener-supported radio for Boise and beyond. And we are back. This is Justin Vaughn. I'm here with Jen Schneider and Corey Cook. We are the hosts of The Big Tent. We're here with David Pettyjohn, the new executive director of the Idaho Humanities Council, who just moved to Boise a few months ago. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts about life here in, uh, what's the name of Boise? The Gem City or something? Oh, no. The City, City of Trees. Of trees. Oh, Gem you, State. you really State. are on yeah. medicine today. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Gem yeah. City, USA. That's right. Exactly. No, we love it. My husband and I absolutely fell in love when I came out for my interview. Uh, we are just thrilled to be here. Idaho is a gorgeous state. Uh, he loves to ski and hike, and uh, the Snake River is just, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful states I've, I've ever been in, and we're honored to call it home now. Yeah. You're just saying you don't dread the, the summer here. No, of course. No, I mean, Oklahoma, I mean, you, can <laughs> sit, you can't sit outside at night here. You, there's, like, no humidity, so it oh, will that's be... that's true. Fantastic. We are so excited. So yeah. I love that you said that your husband loves the outdoors yeah. and you didn't say, I also love yeah, the outdoors. Yeah, no, no. I I, a perfect segue to talking about watching TV. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so uh, before we started, we were talking about television. And uh, so when I look at the humanities and I look at this vast resource of knowledge, and, and one of the things that, that I always try to do is dispel some myths that humanities is all about, you know, wood paneled libraries and, you know, hey, it's great that's where knowledge is but uh i grew up with television you know television raised me practically we were talking about doing our homework in front of some classic shows and there's some really good television on these days and i think there's some really good stories out there that and show stories that have not been traditionally shown so what are you what are you watching these days? Well, I just finished Sneaky Pete, by the way. Oh, my husband's been on watching Amazon that. Prime, the second season that's amazing. And right now we're in the second season of The Handmaid's Tale. Ooh, dark. It's mm. very scary. <laughs> and you know, you gotta have to to separate. But uh those are kind of the, the big ones. Uh but I'm excited about, oh, and then Good Girls. I don't know if you've seen that. It's no. on NBC. No. It's kind of cheesy, but it's fun. And uh but I mean obviously the classics, you know, love Victoria on you know masterpiece theater and uh um so the crown can so can you um gentlemen weigh in a little bit because this streaming stuff is awesome but it also has created this rift in my household because my husband who's such a sweet kind person high school teacher (laughs) upstanding dude uh also loves shows like breaking bad and sneaky p and like dark violent shows but that sneaky I cannot, pete isn't that violent it's not no mm. it's real oh 
Yeah, my husband was the same way. And they said they show one scene or two, and I'm like, really? I also love The Walking Dead. Yes, he yes. loves The Walking Dead. And yeah. not to make a comment on any of those shows, yeah. I'm just like a, a weenie. Um, but what is it about? Is there some like dark heart of the suburban American male who gets to express through these shows? Help me. Do you guys watch Justin. these? I live in the uh, rural part of the state. <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer this. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's probably some like critical theorist out there who would say that. You know, some, we're someone with a humanities degree. Right, <laughs> that's right. 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 Uh, yeah, we're probably like our, our inability to act in some kind of macho way is oppressed and therefore we consume it as opposed to enacting it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I do. I get the fantasy about like getting to beat zombies to death. Oh yeah, The Walking Dead. It's more about the human experience in a way Mm -hmm. because how would society, how would we react if something this cataclysmic happened? And it deals with the breakdown of society and trying to hold on to these units that we are so familiar with. And what is family? I mean, so it it has all of these questions, but yeah, I mean, I actually like more of the storylines where they delve into the character development as opposed to, hey, we're going to, you know, how gory can we make the zombies look? So (laughs) there are people that watch it just for I did love The Leftovers, which was also really gory, but had really intense characters (laughs) and a sort of supernatural storyline that was really intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, it says the humanities can be found everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Americans, have you guys watched that? I watched the first Mm -hmm. couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm still uh, in the first season. Yeah, it's good. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of an interesting way. I don't know if you want to get your Cold War history from the Americans, but it's an interesting (laughs) way of thinking about this alternative perspective, right? These these people with alliance to the Soviet Union embedded in American culture, on one hand, enjoying it, the other hand, subverting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also a violent show, and I like that. And Game of Thrones (gasps) is also violent, and I like that. So maybe I'm just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, now I have also, to do some work. I have kind of one of the belief, though. I don't like really violent, violent, you know, things, you know. But I'm like, zombies aren't going to really be taken over. So <laughs> I can suspend my, you know, and it's fine. I know that. And then Game of Thrones, I mean, it's like, you know, set in medieval and the dragons. Oh, I'm still very upset about the dragon. Anyway. <laughs> no, no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Well, I'm not there. watching it anymore now, David. Thanks. You're not watching. Oh, we've still got next year to figure, you know, for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited for that to come back. But no, I mean, I think these are kind of those discussions that I really think show that, like I said, the humanities come in a variety of ways that, you know, the human experience is reflected all around us. And I think that there are these preconceived notions that the humanities only belong to a certain group of people and it's elitist and it's restrictive and it is not. And it is there for every single person. And walking into a museum is for every single person. Attending a play is for every single person. The library's free, you know, and you can go in there and you can read all these great things. And um, television, you know, I, I, I know that uh, there are some people, you know, that, you know, may think, wow, you know, the humanities aren't about talking about The Walking Dead. I would love to do a you know TV discussion about it. So anyway, so what are some things that um, you have coming up that our listeners who are thinking, yeah, got to get some of this humanity. Great, yeah. Well, the first (laughs) got to get some of this humanity. The very first thing you know, particularly here in Boise, is Jamie Ford, as I mentioned, Um, great author. uh, Known, I get the hotel at the corner of Bitter and Sweet. 
So he will be speaking. It is $25. It's a dessert reception. Uh, Rediscovered Books will be there selling copies of it. Dessert? Yes, it is a dessert reception. And uh, so it's going to be a fantastic evening. Uh, we have Speakers Bureau's program that, that kind of go. And then just go to our website, which is IdahoHumanities.org. You know, we have a calendar of events. We also highlight uh, programs that we provided funding to because that that really is, um, you know, if it weren't for these communities and it weren't for these organizations, we really wouldn't exist. I mean, they're the ones out there really doing the, the groundwork for us. So we, we highlight them as well. And also, I will end this. Today is Idaho Gives. So if you are interested in supporting, you know, the Humanities Council, you can go and support us as well. Great. And I think Radio Boise probably is also one of those opportunities. Wow, all sorts of nonprofits today. Yes. We promised we were done. After la- after two weeks in a row of Radiothon, <laughs> but we just couldn't get... You sucked us back in. <laughs> uh, uh, well, thanks very much for joining oh, us. Oh, it was my pleasure. Uh, welcome again to Thank the you. Uh, Gem City. And, um, <laughs> and the in the state, state of trees, in the tree state. state. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we'll be back next week. What do we have cor- next week, Corey? Uh, Tracy Andrews. We'll be talking about there's a, a city park being uh, renamed for former Governor Cecil Andrus, and so she'll be here talking about that dedication and the governor's legacy in Idaho. Great. So directly connected to the kind of work Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks again. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Jen. Thank thanks, you, Justin. David. And we'll be back yeah, thank you. next week.